0: Uh, speaking of young communicators, we have one of the very best young communicators that is coming, our very own Pastor Wes. He needs no introduction, so make him welcome as he brings the word today. Thanks, Pastor Benny. I tell you, Pastor Benny. He's the best-smelling pastor. <laughs> When you get close to him, take a whiff. (laughs) I hate to get serious, but we got to now. Um, I just wanted to share, before I share the word, a couple of thoughts that God gave to me, I think, for someone here today, or maybe online. And uh, the first, God gave me a word. It was just forgiveness. And attached to that was this thought that there might be someone here today who maybe did something in the past and you feel that maybe God hasn't really forgiven you. You kind of have that barrier there between, you know, you feel like a second-rate citizen in the kingdom of God. I'm here to tell you the truth. David said, who was a pretty good sinner, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul who forgives all of our sins. Amen, all of our sins. And John comes right in and says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So look, if you go back in your history and you feel, man, I don't, I don't know. That was, I don't think God, for-. that's a lie from the devil. You're not a second-rate citizen. You're a first-rate one in the kingdom of God. Hmm. And then uh, the Lord brought to my mind when Jesus went to the city of Nain, and they were having a funeral procession for a widow. It was her only son. And Jesus walks up to the casket which was open, and they were carrying him along, and they said, hold a minute. And Jesus simply spoke into the casket and said, get up. And the guy came up. (laughs) You might feel like you're in a casket this morning of something, maybe not death, but depression or discouragement or anxiety, I want to tell you what, God's got a word for you. He's got to get up for you. He has not changed. Like Pastor Benny said, he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And so I want you to encourage you to look for if you're in that kind of a situation don't give up. Yeah. Let's stand. I want to pray for you right now. Jesus, we look to you. I pray for that person right now that maybe feels... uh, That you didn't really forgive them, just partial, or maybe there's something still there. I pray that they would know in their knower, in their heart of hearts, that you have forgiven them and all is right between you and them. In the name of Jesus, we break that lie off. And Father, for that person or people here or online that feel like, man, I'm in that casket, I am in that and I feel kind of dead inside. Lord, I pray, would you speak today? Amen. Would you speak if you haven't yet already? And bring that person out of where they're at. Thank you, Lord. You're faithful. Help them to not give up. Help them to not quit. Help them to look to you. You are our deliverer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Yeah. In our production meeting, uh, they were talking about the young communicators. And then they looked to me and I said, yeah, very old communicator, you know. And then, uh, where's Heather? Heather said, no, seasoned, seasoned. That's what I like, seasoned, yeah. We are blessed with a great staff here of pastors, amen. Our lead pastors lead the way, amen. You can give them a hand clap. We are blessed, blessed. I always say, we are blessed with the best. I drove in at 8.20. What time do you guys get here? 6:45. the worship team was already here practicing i want to tell you what they give it all for you so when you come in and worship amen you ought to give it all for jesus yeah we're blessed we are blessed and i i count it an honor to be able to share the word anytime kind an of honor to be a part of what's going on here um I heard this story about this little girl, she went to her mom and said, Mom, where would we come from? Where would the human race come from? And uh, her mom said, well, honey, you know, God created Adam and Eve, and, you know, they had children, and on and on and on, here we are, the human race. And a couple days later, she didn't quite, you know, she went to her dad. And dad, uh, how did we get here? You know, uh, human race, how did it all happen? Oh, he said, honey, that's easy. He said, uh, many, many, many years ago, we were like monkeys, and then monkeys advanced, and then they advanced a little bit more, and here we are, human beings today. Whoa. The little girl was confused. So she went back to her mom. She said, Mom, Dad said we come from monkeys. You say we came from God. I'm confused. Oh, honey, that's easy to explain. Your dad was simply telling you his side of the family. <laughs> You may have heard that, it was still funny. <laughs> um, <clears throat> in 1979, uh, some of you, that's ancient history, probably that you studied in history books, but some of you were there. Uh, we had been pastoring for five years in a small church in upstate New York. And uh, after that, we kind of felt the Lord was was leading us to another place of ministry. I have to be honest that after a couple of years of going there, we wanted to leave that place. But God wouldn't let us. Every Monday, we were discouraged, different things you know, happening. And, and, and we just said, God, take us, please take us out of this place. But we came to a place where we said, Lord, we'll stay here as long as you want. You'll stay here forever if you want, you know. And you might be in a place that you don't like. You may be in a place that you want to leave. You may be in a place that's difficult. Let me tell you, sometimes God keeps us in a place to do something in our heart. And he did that to us. He built something in us that could not have built if we left too early. Make sure you've got the mind of the Lord. Anyways, enough of that. Uh, so one morning, early in January of 1979, I was traveling to New Jersey to speak at a candidate at a church in Cape May. And we did go there and we were there almost 32 years. And uh, it was 10 below zero in, in Ticonderoga that morning. And I just dressed like casually, you know. Um, I don't even think I had a hat because back then I had hair, you know. <laughs> I wear a hat today. Um, and when I go started going, my heater wouldn't work. Ten below, probably fifteen below in some of the higher elevations where I'm going. And I said, and I started scraping ice off, you know. I said, it'll kick in after a while. It didn't kick in, the heater didn't, didn't go on. I drove 50 miles, I stopped at Glen's Falls, about 50 miles south, went into a diner, sat at the counter, I ordered some coffee. And I, I was so cold, when I picked up the cup to try to drink it, I was shaking like this, I could hardly get it. I was frozen. I said, God, I said, I'm said, i going to catch pneumonia if I go like this. I'm going to get sick. I, 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 got, I need help. Please help me, Lord. Just like that, I saw something and I heard something. What I saw was, very practically, in the trunk of our car, we had one of these big Christmas shopping bags, you know, that have the ropes on top. And then I had a thought come to me. If you block off the radiator and the cold air stops coming in, it'll heat up your engine. So I went out, I hooked up that uh, bag to the radiator, and voila. The beautiful, most beautiful thing I ever saw was my temperature gauge going up. And, 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 I, and I made it. I made it, yeah. You might say, well, what's that story? Why do you, why do you share that story? Uh, It's kind of an introduction to what I want to talk to you about today. It's right here, hearing God's voice, because I believe, as I sat at that counter, shivering, shaking, drinking a cup of coffee, I believe God spoke to me in those two things, a picture and a thought. Yeah. God is very practical. Sometimes we think God is only spiritual, ethereal, but I want to tell you what, I want to tell you what, friends, he's concerned with every area of your life from A to Z, He's not only concerned with your spiritual life, he is. He's not only concerned, you know, with, with uh, things that we call spiritual. He's, he's interested in every, I believe I heard the voice of God. I believe I heard the voice of God. Um, the still, small voice of God. Now, some people feel um, God only speaks to the biggies, right? The, the, the super spiritual the prophets, the apostles, the powerful missionaries, you know. But who am, I? You know, who am I? You know, I drive a bus or I'm a student, walk down the halls. And I'm a nurse that works night shift. I got I'm a stay-at-home mom. Uh, I'm an IT person. I just look at a screen. Who am I? Now, I want to tell you who you are. You're someone who can hear God's voice. You are someone who can hear God's voice. It doesn't matter who you are because who you are is what Jesus said you are and here's what he said about hearing his voice. My sheep. How many are a sheep of Jesus here this morning? see your hand. Yeah. Yeah, you belong to him. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You really can't follow Jesus without hearing his voice. And sometimes what we just need to confess every day is, I am Jesus' sheep, I hear his voice. Burn that into your heart. Hearing God's voice is not for somebody special. It's for all of you because all of you are his special people. Nobody here is not special to him. If you don't feel special to anybody, I want to tell you what. You're special to God. Yeah, he knows your name. God has always been a communicator. Oops, I went too far. Aha. God, I'm glad Pastor Benny messes up once in a while, too. You know? (laughs) I don't have the tech people do it because they mess up even more. (laughs) I am just kidding. We got the best tech team around. All right. God is not silent. It's the nature of God to speak. Hebrews, it says this. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these days spoken to us by his Son. God is a speaking God. He has been since the Garden of Eden. Job says this, and this is sometimes our problem. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. He's speaking, but we're not... Receiving. He's communicating like radio waves, but our radio's not on. We've got to be open. We've got to be open. Uh, Rick Warren says this We often miss hearing God's voice simply because we aren't paying attention. Let me repeat that again. We often miss hearing God's voice simply because we're not paying attention like some husbands here. (laughs) Husbands, you know what I'm talking about. Now, God speaks. He speaks in various ways, not just one way. He speaks in the Bible. We see that he has spoken through dreams, through visions, through creation. Even once he spoke through a donkey, right? Remember that with Balaam? He speaks through peace, the peace of God. He speaks through our difficulties. God is a speaking God. Now let me say there's one primary way that God speaks above everything else. And that's right here in the Word of God. This is where God speaks primarily. And if you're not in this, you're not giving God a better chance for him to speak to you personally. This is it right here. Number one. I like what this guy said. Justin. Peter's. If you want to hear God speak, read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak audibly, read your Bible out loud. There's a lot of truth there. You say, I'm not hearing God. Are you reading your Bible? No. Well, get into the Bible, get into the Word, whether it's a written word like this or electronically in your, in your cell phone, whatever. Okay. So the primary way God speaks... It's through the Word of God, the Bible. But I'm going to shock some of you, and I'm going to explain it afterwards, so don't get excited. The Bible's not enough. Whoa, wait a minute. Come on, Wes, you better explain that. I'm going to use an analogy that I heard recently from Tony Evans. He was speaking at Gateway Church, and he used football as an analogy. And he said, in the NFL, there's a rule book. The rule book must be adhered to by all the teams. You can't change the rule book. Everybody has to abide by that. That's the word of God. That's the Bible. He then said there's a playbook. Every team has their own place. That they move the ball down towards, hopefully, touchdown. That's the will of God for your individual life that might be different than from other people's lives. But then there's what he calls, where the quarterback can call an audible, where the defense is lining up in a different lineup, and he feels like he needs to make a split decision to call a different lineup, and so he calls an audible. Well, sometimes in our life, see, the quarterback is the Holy Spirit. We have the playbook, we we have the rule book, doesn't change. We have, God has a play and a plan for your individual life. But then some things, we need specific information. For instance, the Bible doesn't tell us what car to buy. And you might say, well, I'll just go out and buy a car. You're stupid if you do. You need to pray about the car you want to buy. You get a lemon, don't blame God. Here's one. You better pray about who you're going to marry. Amen. You don't want to marry the wrong person. And the Holy Spirit will tell you who that is. He'll give you the peace about it. What, what, what school should I go to? What house should we buy this house? What, what job should I move here move there? See, that's where the quarterback, the Holy Spirit, which I'm going to be talking about today, can give you specific information that can come to you. Okay. Never forget that the internal whisper of God's spirit, the still small voice, must always agree with the external word. God will never speak something to you in opposition to his word. Never, 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 never. Where did that still, small voice idea come from? We're going to look at it. Let me give you a little context first. It's about Elijah the prophet. And many of you know about Elijah, a great prophet, one of the greatest that's ever lived. He called down fire from heaven. Remember that story in Kings? And then he executed all of the idolatrous, demonic prophets of Baal that were connected to Jezebel. And then, on top of that, they'd had a drought for three and a half years And he prayed water, he prayed rain out of heaven. Pretty powerful. After all of that, Queen Jezebel heard about what he did to her prophets. And she sent him this line. By this time tomorrow, Elijah, what you did to my prophets, I'm going to do to you. Text message. Now you would think that Elijah would say, I rebuke you, Queen Jezebel. You know, etc. But the Bible says he ran away. It says that he got clinically depressed to the point he was suicidal. This is a prophet. He knew it was wrong to take his own life, so he said, God, take my life. That's where he was at. He was about the lowest that you can get. <clears throat> Here's a little side point. You know, if great prophets can get depressed and under it over a text message, over a thought, don't think it's strange that you might also. It says of Elijah that he was a person just like you and me. He got depressed, but here's the secret he didn't stay depressed. But I want to let you know that if if you're depressed, it doesn't mean you're a second-rate citizen. It doesn't mean that God's against you. It doesn't mean that God is is not for you. It just means that you're going going through something. And the important thing is to realize there's an end. There's the last chapter. Um, Just a little story in our own personal life. It ties in with the still small voice of God, as well as depression. Uh, about four or five years ago, some of you remember our daughter went through a terrible situation. Uh, they had adopted some children and, um, <clears throat> and uh, didn't realize the needs that were in the children. They were from overseas. And, uh, and, and they just just kind of brought hell on earth into the home. And after nine months, of what was going on in the home with the children. Uh, Their lives and their needs were just sucking the life out of our daughter. Some of you remember, we asked for prayer. And emotionally, spiritually, mentally, one day on a Sunday morning, she just crawled into bed. said, I'm done. I'm done. And she didn't. She didn't come up for a long time. So we were going out there, I mean, this is terrible. You know, we were going out there, and um, my wife and I, and we got a week time, two, times, two, two weeks at a time. We were trying to help with the children, and, and with her husband who had to work and everything. And it was just, yeah. One morning, I remember, I, I went down, I was, we were staying downstairs at a place I had, and I went out on the couch, and I was going to have my, my prayer time. And I'll tell you, I was discouraged. I was depressed. Uh, I was hopeless. I even said, is this ever going to end? Because it seemed helpless. It seemed hopeless. And I was there in prayer. Like that, God gave me a sentence. And it changed my whole perception of the situation. I'll tell you, the the situation did not change them. But I changed Something happened that God gave me that that caused me to. I wish I could tell you what it is, but it wouldn't make any sense to you. But it made sense to me. It set me free. One sentence. One sentence. You know, God doesn't need volumes. He puts volumes in a sentence. All you need is a sentence. Two beautiful things afterwards. (laughs) Believe it or not, and I know you'll believe it because it's from me I'm telling you the truth. (laughs) My wife Karen got the same sentence. That morning. That morning. We shared. We exchanged. I said, well, I got that too. Set her free. Set me free. Yeah. Second good thing, our daughter's doing great now. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. For some of you that some of you are here that prayed for her, and she's working at a at a, a, a place. Um, I'm trying to think of the, of the name of it, my wife would know. Anyway, she's like in nursing, you know, and things like that. Doing great. Thank you, Lord. God's got a sentence for you. You might be here. You might be under it. You might be in a cave like Elijah. You might be. Uh, God's got a sentence for you. It may not come today but it's going to come. In fact, I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for those that feel hopeless, maybe. Mm. They feel like there's a weight on their mind and heart. Lord, you're faithful. And I pray that somewhere along the line, they'll get a word from you. They'll get a sentence from you you will highlight something in your word for them and bring them out in Jesus' name. Amen. So God speaks through his word primarily. And you know, if you don't get into his word, don't be surprised that you won't regularly hear his voice. Yeah. So get into his word. Okay, still small voice. Here it is. It originated this idea with Elijah. Then he said, at this point, Elijah is in a cave. God is speaking to him and said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind and earthquake... You see, all these dramatic things, all these powerful things, but God was not in them. Sometimes we think when God moves, it's got to be powerful. Sometimes God is in the still, small voice of your heart, and that becomes powerful. Hmm? And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after that, fire, a still small voice spoke to Elijah. Uh, The Living Bible says, uh, a gentle whisper. The Hebrew actually says, a voice calm and soft. That's the still, small voice of God. And that's one primary way I believe God speaks to us today after his word. It's through the still, small voice of God. Now there's other voices that can speak to you, and you need to be careful, that because every thought that comes into your mind is not from God. The devil has a voice too, right? He wants to say something to you. But the more you know the word, the more you will be able to tell which is which. You'll test it. You'll test it. Uh, there's another place in, um, let's go to the New Testament, just to kind of, where do we find this in the New Testament? Uh, a little history, uh, Philip, who was a deacon, became an evangelist, went down into Samaria, and because of the persecution that was happening in Jerusalem, many of the saints were going out, and they were preaching the word. Now, this was happening in Jerusalem, because Saul, who became Paul, made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Preached Christ to them. The Bible says there was great joy in the city. And it says also people were getting saved, people were getting healed, people were getting delivered. Yeah. And then an angel came to Philip and said, i got a new assignment for you. And Philip says, yeah, what's that? I thought, this was good here, you know? And he said, I want you to go down to the road, it's a desert road, going down to Gaza. It was about 20 miles from Samaria. And so Philip gets up and leaves this great revival, goes down to a desert road and waits there. He had no other instructions, no other instructions, just go. You know, sometimes God just gives you partial instructions. And if you don't obey the partial instruction, you'll never find the fulfillment of the main instruction. God may ask you to do something little, and if you don't do the little, you won't get more. So Philip just went with a little bit of knowledge. Anyways, he's standing by the road, maybe he's sitting there, and uh, he sees this chariot coming down. It was coming down from Jerusalem. Pretty impressive chariot. You know, Today it would have been like a, a Bentley coming along or a Rolls-Royce or something like pretty impressive person must be in this chariot. And it was. It was the treasurer of Ethiopia heading back to Ethiopia. He'd, he had just been to uh, Jerusalem to worship. Okay, Philip's standing here, chariots coming along, right? It says this, the Ethiopian treasurer was returning and sitting in his chariot was reading Isaiah the prophet. Well, it's obvious he was not driving the chariot. He was reading the word while he was going in the chariot. Now, here's the point for you. You know what? Today, we have such access to the word of God that when we drive, we can listen to the word of God in our car. Some people say, I don't have time to read the word. You've got time to listen to it. If you're driving to work and it's half an hour or an hour, just pop in the word of God through Version. Anyways, side point. <clears throat> then the Spirit, here it is again, still small voice. Not an out loud voice. Not a big booming voice. Still small voice. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. He did. (laughs) The the Ethiopian got saved right there in his chariot. He found water, and he was water baptized. And then he went back to Ethiopia, and it's believed through history that he opened up the, the nation of Ethiopia to the gospel. All because of, then the Spirit said, Do you realize what opportunities God has for you and me if we will be open to the Spirit of God? Who knows what we might be saying to a person that God wants us to say, that it could turn their whole life, their whole family around. Now, let me go back. Too far. I think here. Uh, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go and overtake the chariot." You don't see it there, but I think there was a hesitancy in Philip. He didn't know this guy from Adam. He was a powerful government leader in an expensive chariot. I think, just a conjecture, that Philip hesitated. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, Lord. I, I'm afraid to do this. Yeah? Uh, now, sometimes God can give us an opportunity to do something and we feel hesitant. You ever been there? God, you walk into Starbucks, you know, and you see somebody sitting there looking depressed and you feel the Holy Spirit saying something to you. You know, do not you just ask them if they need prayer? And inside of me... There's hesitancy. There's hesitancy. Well, for time's sake, I was gonna share a story but about my hesitancy, but I've shared it before about the bank, the bank story. You know? How many have heard the bank story? Man. Let me go ahead and tell it (laughs) anyways. I got time. I love the second service. I can go on as long as I want, faster Betty. Anyway, we were, we, were in, we were in Cape May. I'll make this quick. <clears throat> and uh, I had a check to deposit in the bank. I went down, and as I walked in, I was walking up to the counter where the teller was. It had that little sign. It said teller, and then the uh, name underneath who it was. And I heard in my spirit, as, as I heard in my spirit, tell her. And I said, "Tell her what?" Holy Spirit said, "Tell her that God loves her." Whew. I was going outside of my comfort zone, so I walk up, have my check, my deposit, and I heard God say, "Tell her." And fear of man took over. You know, I'd never met her before; she never saw me; she was new, etc. And so I, <clears throat> you know, made the deposit, up, up, up. I didn't tell her. Walked away, looked at my deposit slip. In that bank, you got your balance with your deposit slip. I looked at the deposit slip, I said, That's not my balance. I wish it was, you know. (laughs) So I went back, and guess what I heard when I walked back? Teller. Second chance. I walk up, said, This this must something must be wrong here. And she looked at it, yeah. I still heard, tell her. Well, big man of faith that I am, I didn't tell her. I want to tell you how patient God is. I go across the street to the post office, open up my box, and there is a uh, rebate check for $5 from Sears. (laughs) Well, guess where I had to go to get it cashed? I'll tell you, God's going to get you (laughs) to where you want to go. So, I said, God. I said, if her window is open, I'm going to tell her. <laughs> I want to tell you honest, honest the truth, i to tell you the truth. I walked into that bank, and every other window had somebody at it but hers. <laughs> Krista was her name, Still so remember. So I walked up with my $5 rebate check, right? And I said to her, you know, I just want to tell you something. God really loves you. And she got all nervous and everything. Oh, yeah, I hope he does and everything. No, I said, he really does. Really does. I wish I could tell you she got down on her knees and got saved right there in the bank, but she didn't. But you know, every time I walked into the bank, you know what she thought about? A little message from Wes Newell. God loves me. So look, even though you're hesitant, step out. Sometimes God only steps in when we step out of our comfort zone. And that's what I was doing. It it took a while for God to get me there. Okay. Uh, Let me give you a modern modern day example and then we're going to close out a little bit. I I heard this pastor, well-known pastor at the time, uh, telling this story that he was gonna have he's gonna have lunch with his uh, with, with this businessman. Excuse me. And uh, excuse me. His friends told me that that is the pastor said, his friends told me, this guy was the toughest, hardest hitting, most autocratic, hard-headed, hard-hearted, egocentric man that they had ever met. This is the guy he's gonna have lunch with. He said, 20 minutes into the meal, I agreed with him. He was that. But then he said, we were talking about everything but important things. When I felt a leading, the Holy Spirit seemed to whisper to me, present the simple truth of Jesus dying for sinners as clearly as possible as you can right now. Well, there was that little hesitancy. This guy doesn't want to hear this but he stepped out and obeyed that little, still, small voice. And he said to the guy, you know, could I tell you how Jesus died for you and for your sins and wants you to go to heaven? And the guy said, I guess so, go ahead. Yeah, whatever, you know. So he just a simple explanation, simple explanation. And nothing happened. So he left, pastor left, pastor felt a little embarrassed, you know, like, oh man, I blew that one. You know? And uh, three days later, this man calls, this hard-hearted, egocentric businessman calls and says, "Bill, you'll never guess what happened." After I listened to you, I went home, got down on my knees, and I asked Jesus into my life. And my life changed. <clears throat> All because a whisper that said, "Tell this guy." that Jesus loves him and that he wants to change his life and take him to heaven. Yeah. It's okay if you feel the hesitancy. Move beyond the hesitancy. Amen. Move beyond the awkwardness in a case of evangelism. Uh, I had another um, st- story in the book of Acts, but I'm going to pass that by. <clears throat> and I think that's it. Um. There are many applications to what I just shared about the whisper, the still small voice of God. For instance, the still small voice of God can solve problems. It did for me that day, sitting at that counter, almost frozen to death. Elijah, it got him out of the cave. He heard the voice of God. See? Philip opened up a whole nation for evangelism because the Spirit said and he obeyed. Now, let me, let me finish with a couple of thoughts. Prayer is another place where you need to hear the voice of God. Every morning, every day, I pray for a lot of people. Many of you here, I pray for. But before I pray for anybody, I always say, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to pray? I don't want to assume that I know how I should pray for that person. But I say, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to pray? And sometimes I'll hear wind of spirit. I pray, Lord, let the wind of your spirit blow across them today. Or I'll hear, let them hear my voice. I pray, Lord, let them hear your voice today. Or lighten up a scripture in their life that will lighten up their life. That's what I pray. So look, when you pray for people, I always tell the prayer team this, before you pray, four people ask the Holy Spirit what to pray because you really don't know what to pray but he does finally you know these days there's a lot of uh, life coaches right and they help people life coaches for business people for leaders for sports people etc you know and they charge 250 bucks an hour and uh But you know what you have a life coach living inside of you that's wiser than Solomon Holy Spirit he's available 24 7 and he's free huh yeah. what a life coach the source of life the source of wisdom lives in you get to know the Holy Spirit in you Amen. And you can give me the money because I told you. <laughs> Jesus said to his disciples, the, S- the spirit is with you, but he's going to be in you. And that's where he dwells today. Final thoughts. The still small voice of God usually comes out of the blue. It's not something you think yourself into. It's usually, wow, I never thought about that before. It will always bring a sense of peace eventually. His whisper will never contradict his word. And also, let me, a lot of people say, I don't know, what does God's voice sound like? God's voice doesn't sound like Morgan Freeman. Or for older people, Charleston Heston, right? <laughs> Sometimes we think God is gonna speak in some kind of a big booming bass voice. I tell you, I'll tell you what I have found and many others. When God speaks to me, it, it sounds a lot like me. Yeah. So if it sounds a little bit like you, it's okay. It's God. He's very natural, very very relational. One more final thought. The word of God, will, the the voice of the Holy Spirit will never condemn you. If you get a whisper, you get a voice, and it's condemning you, putting you down, that's not from God. That's from the other voice. That's from the dark side. Reject that. Holy Spirit will never condemn you. He'll convict you, but he'll never condemn you. Yeah. And one final thought. How many final thoughts is that? like this one preacher said in closing you know what that means? nothing (laughs) I'm going to close I think I'm I think I'm right on the right on the number read some good books about hearing God's voice learn and if you don't know any good books email me I'll give you a list of good books Uh, let me give you a couple right now Whisper by Mark Batterson Frequency by Pastor Robert Morris. These are, those two are excellent in hearing the voice of God. So spend some money. It'll be worth it to get those books. Let's close our eyes in prayer. And as we do, I want the prayer team to come forward right now. All the prayer team to my right, over here a little bit by the stairs and over here by the stairs. Uh, <clears throat> if you're here this morning And you say, Wes, I'm not sure if I'm Jesus' sheep or not. I'm not sure. I've never made a commitment to him. I've never asked him into my life. I've never asked him to forgive me of my sins. I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven. If that's you this morning, I'm glad you're here. You're in the right place. And if that's you and you want to ask Jesus into your life, everyone's praying, no one's looking around, I just want to... So I, know, so I know who to pray for. Just, just raise your hand and say, hey, Wes, would you pray for me? I really, I'm serious. I really want to ask Jesus into my life today. Anybody at all here? Yeah, I see one hand?